I'm Robin Emler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Anna Pora, European Strategy Director at Marketa. We're talking about lending, first of all, and how smarter lending can assist with financial inclusion. Because the one thing that we know is going on at the moment is that prices are going up. The cost of living is skyrocketing. We don't need to get into the reasons why. How does smarter lending help at a time like this, Anna? Lending has been really, really interesting if you follow it over the years. And actually, we decided at Marketa to get some feedback straight from the consumers. So we conducted a survey in association with Propeller Insights where we talked to about 2,000 consumers across Europe, asking them about their experience with financing and sourcing a loan. And actually, their feedback gave some really interesting insights about how they're feeling around how the industry is doing around financial inclusion, around flexibility that they're offering in terms of their ability to pay back, as well as the level of interaction that these consumers would actually now would like to have with their lenders. So if we actually jump into the data just to give it a little bit of colour, So out of the 2,000 consumers that we interviewed, the survey found that 32% of them said they'd been denied a loan because of their credit score and affordability. But I think what's more interesting, actually, off the back of that, is that 59% of those felt that the decision of actually being refused a loan wasn't fair. And 79% also believed that they could have been granted a loan or borrowing if additional information had been considered in terms of the information that they were asked for in order to apply for that loan. But what's concerning to me is actually that 33% of the respondents who had experienced a decline actually ended up having to go and look for financing elsewhere. And often that resulted in them looking for I guess, more expensive, less affordable financing options such as payday loans. And that's what you were alluding to at the beginning. This is pretty concerning where we're living in a world where the cost of living is going up and we're having debt charities actually warning us at the moment that there is a real risk of people falling into problem debt. And what they define as that is that people will be struggling really to pay and handle the price rises of energy bills and council tax. So really, the industry needs to do something in order to enable greater inclusion and offer those people who need that funding access to it. Well, that brings us back to the question I originally asked you. How does smarter lending help? What is smarter lending? How does it help in circumstances like this? What other factors should be taken into account when considering a lending decision? for example, other than just a straightforward credit score. Yeah, and and that's really important, actually, because the the straightforward credit score is primarily retrospective. So they look at your ability over the years to A, borrow, and how you've gone about repaying that loan. So what actually smarter lending is doing is leveraging technology and access to broader data, which is offered and provided by, uh, enabled by open banking, that takes in consideration other aspects of your day-to-day habits, payments, and the the way that you 
your, your financial needs. For example, through open banking, smarter lenders will be able to access perhaps information for as, as long as a consumer offers it and grants that access, information from retailers that we shop from on a day-to-day basis, or information around us being able to pay our council tax and council bills and utility bills, consolidate information from different bank accounts and accounts that we have. So actually having a much more rounded view of that individual. And that's going to become actually much more important going forward because many people are coming to lenders for specific needs nowadays. And it might be that they've never needed to borrow before. They've lived responsibly, live within their means, but all of a sudden they need to borrow for a particular specific need. And therefore, not having any credit history would have damaged that decision, as opposed to actually considering their ability to pay off that loan on a regular basis going forward. So what one of the examples I often use is that there could have been a case in the past where someone quite well off who's never needed to access uh, lending before might have had a very, very low credit score as a result of never having to borrow, never had that credit history there in the past, but plenty of ability to pay off their loan once they've actually borrowed it. It is a problem, but it's a problem that can be addressed. Some people have said to me almost that what you need to watch is, and you've alluded to this yourself, the payments data. Watch how people pay for things and offer them, by the way, that service free, for example, because the data you collect is going to be powerful in making your lending decisions better. That is really, really important. In fact, you also allude to another thing that I guess modern lenders are doing, which is really combining lending with payments. The two are nearly becoming symbiosis because they often associate a payment vehicle with the loan that you offer. So that for a couple of reasons, first of all, is the data that you're alluding to. So, for example, if it's a card that that payment vehicle, that consumer has the loan dispersed to and then uses that card to make use of that loan, cards come with lots of data and information around where that consumer is spending, what they're buying. And therefore, that enables the providers to make more effective and efficient decisions around future lending to that consumer. On top of that, it has other interesting benefits because as you're using that card into retailers, what we are now seeing in the market as well is that there is a possibility that through a loan, consumers actually get some rewards and loyalty back from where they're actually making those payments. So it's really connecting those dots. And finally, the ability to access that data, and this talks to my point earlier about consumers actually looking for their lending providers to have more of an engaged relationship with them, is because through that payment data, modern lenders are now offering the ability through their incredibly slick and cool interfaces to actually, for for those consumers to actually monitor themselves and manage their spend. So they see where they're spending, they can set their own limits, they can set their own targets. And so this enables a much more, I guess, engaged way for those consumers to feel responsible for how they're spending, but also the ability for the lenders to support and engage the consumers in making wiser decisions with the money that they've borrowed. You were talking there about the future of lending 
I'm going to mention a word that still manages to bring me out in a rash every so often, and the word is cryptocurrency. How is that going to affect or create new avenues for lending as it becomes more and more mainstream and also ultimately regulated, which we seem to be making steps towards now with announcements in the last couple of weeks? I won't go too far into it, Robin, but what I can say is that what what we're also seeing in the market is the ability to secure loans. So that's another aspect that we're seeing in terms of smart lending, whereby some modern lenders are looking for consumers who might have sort of different assets available. Some might be crypto assets and use those to secure against some of the loans that they are offering. So that will not only maybe help build some credit scores if these consumers haven't used a credit facility before, but another example of that is one of our marketers existing customers who's really active within this space and definitely a tradition a, a modern lender. They are actually one of their principles is to drive that I- I- inclusivity and therefore enable access to those consumers who haven't had credit before to build that credit score. And the way that they're doing it is to encourage it's a card, but they're encouraging those consumers to put some value on that card. Let's say I put £20, £200 on that card, and they would match that with a an amount on equivalent loan. So it's essentially a secured loan. And over time, you use the credit that's been granted. That helps build your credit history, which then gives you additional opportunities going forward. And what I know is that there are similar models out there where they're using, instead of the cash and value being loaded on the card, additional securities that those consumers might have, which might be crypto assets, again, which are being used to securitize those loans. Well, that's one thing that may well be coming in the future. Is there anything else that we've not touched upon that you'd say is going to be a significant player or a significant feature of the lending industry in the next three to five years? A couple of things that spring to mind that are definitely happening. And again, these are driven by customer demands. One is flexibility in terms of your repayments. My experience with loans to date has always been, when I've been granted them, uh, has always been, here's your loan. You have to pay it back in the shape and size over this amount of time. And we might give you a really, really complex payment plan in order to do that. But some of what we're seeing at the moment, which actually reflects real customer needs, is that the ownership, I guess, the consumer has been given more ownership to determine how to pay back those loans. So deciding that flexibility in terms of I will choose a repayment plan that actually reflects my personal needs, the cash flow that I'm expecting. I know that I'm going to do a job, let's say, in a couple of months, and therefore I can pay more in a couple of months versus the shorter amount of time. So again, it's the ability, that proactiveness, that putting the control back into the consumer's hands in order to be able for them to make best access and use to these loans of these loans facilities so that they can reflect their existing needs. So that's one of them, one of the features that I'm we're seeing um, increasingly happen. A couple of more things, I guess, that spring to mind. One would be we're hearing and seeing a lot of hyper-personalization. So by that we mean not only by, by the ability of gaining greater access to consumer data, their spending patterns, et cetera. 
new modern lenders can, I guess, tailor specific offers that match those customer needs. And therefore, is that super tailorization that enables consumers to make smart choices and actually have benefits around being able to be targeted for certain spending needs that they have and with additional, with the value that they need in order to, to make them. And then thirdly, the other thing I would say is that we're now currently only talking about consumers in this conversation. But what we're going to see is an increased extension of that to other segments. So moving towards small businesses, for example, which over the years have been a largely underserved segment. So how do you help these businesses gain access to funding to fuel their future growth? And again, similar concepts apply and using broader data in order to help them make educated decisions around the borrowing needs that they have and what you grant them. Thank you very much, Anna Pora, European Strategy Director at Marketa.